When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that was brought up in my Facebook group, so you should always join my Facebook group. It is paid, but very cheap. It is $4.99 a month, and you get to talk about, you know, these type of topics with other people that are interested in them, and um, away from everybody who will, like, see your comments on my major, on my main page. So, um, this, this thread was about, like, how do you help a partner when they're struggling with something, like they're eating too much sugar, drinking too much, um, what, whatever the case may be, like, how much should you help them versus, like, how is that, like, codependent or not letting them live their own life and be as, um, you know, independent as, as whatever, as people now think people should be. Um, so anyway, before I get to that, you should definitely subscribe to have a podcast coming up on men with trust issues, which I mean, maybe like literally most men (laughs) and can relate to a lot of problems that you may be having with your male partner. If you don't understand what's going on and then you just think that he's kind of being a douchebag, but he's not, he has trust issues. I mean, it may be both, (laughs) but, uh, anyway, you should subscribe to hear that. And of course the attachment theory podcast, my couples you meet in counseling podcast, like all of those you should subscribe and hear. So, um, moving to today's topic, um, what should you do if your partner is struggling with something and that a behavior that they do not like? I mean, this really it can run the spectrum from like yelling at the kids too much to uh, drinking too much to eating too much to um, not going to sleep on time to phone addiction, anything. I mean, like people struggle with shit. Like it's part of being a human being. And if you notice that there's something wrong and then you tell your partner about it, like how much should your partner actually try to hold you accountable? Well, I mean, I firmly believe that people should be interdependent and close and that if um, the the majority of couples in our Western culture, they're struggling with being too apart rather than too together. You know, I mean, honestly, especially with smartphone use, that's like you have your whole little world in your pocket and um you you can be doing things and interacting with people and doing um everything on your phone that your partner really has even no idea about so it's so many it's so funny how many people will like join a support group for like exercise but not like have their spouse be an accountability partner for exercise whereas before it was so easy to just join uh, an accountability group online like people may have utilized their spouse or even just anybody else that they see day to day as more of an accountability partner. And um, so it's a very big difference. But how can you balance between like being up your spouse's ass and being obsessed with like every calorie that they eat and just being kind of supportive of their um, goals? Well, I mean, somebody like was talking in the group about like, would you like buy, would you keep alcohol in the house if your spouse was an alcoholic? Um, No, like personally, like, no, I wouldn't. But you would be surprised how many people feel like 
obviously like this shouldn't be their problem you know like they still want to drink so they should have a full bar and if the person doesn't want to drink then they shouldn't drink themselves and it's like the same thing with sweet food so people get addicted to sugar obviously so do rats and experiment sugar is highly addictive but if somebody says like I can't be around Oreos because I'll eat all of them frequently a partner will be like yeah well I like Oreos so just you know suck it up (laughs) so obviously from the way that I'm framing this I don't think that that's very nice. You know, I don't think that's very supportive and you wouldn't do it with your kid or if you would and you do, then you should probably maybe think about that a little bit. Right. So if your child was like a diabetic and couldn't have certain things, many people would just not keep them in the house. But then there's this idea that because your partner is an adult, then they should be able to have infinity self-control with even something they've admitted that they're struggling with. And they should just kind of, you know, be totally independent and just somehow do this in a vacuum. I don't believe that. I feel like a close relationship comes when you are supportive and when you will. I had some podcast about sacrifice. There are ways to positively sacrifice in a relationship. And one of them could be that if you're with somebody who's addicted to Oreos, you just don't eat Oreos. You know, I mean, shit happens. <laughs> like, like you just, you just can't eat them anymore. Like, okay. And if you are the person who will make those sorts of small sacrifices, I mean, yeah, everything's subjective, but let's look at things broad scale, like not eating Oreos or at least keeping your secret stash of Oreos really secret away from your spouse who's addicted to Oreos. Then like if that helps them, then that is in the large scheme of life, I feel a relatively small sacrifice to make and something that can make your partner feel very, very loved and supported. Now, Women come all the time, and this is why I have a podcast that's called, not a podcast, a post, err on the side of protecting your wife, overprotecting her instead of underprotecting her. Because so many women come in, everybody wants to be a strong, independent woman, but yet everybody comes into my office and says, I wish that my husband took more care of me. I wish he looked out for me. I wish he protected me. Of course, because we're not meant to be strong, independent men or women within a marriage only, you're also meant to be interdependent and a team. So yes, women do want to be protected and many men want to be protected too from the worst parts of themselves. People want to think that you're on their side in a loving relationship. Not that you're like sitting there like judging from the side, kind of just doing you you, and like you don't really care what they're struggling with. That is not a way to set up a healthy relationship, obviously. So what, what might this look like in terms of protection from the worst parts of yourself. So if your wife is like, I, and I talk about this in that post, if your wife is always says, I'm staying up too late, I'm staying up too late, then why don't you at 10 o'clock say, sweetheart, put down your phone. Let's go to sleep right now. Like let's, let's lay down together and go to sleep because you always say the next day that you don't feel good if you stay up later than 10. So, so many guys are like, oh yeah, right. If I would say that she would be like, fuck you, mind your own business. Like, you know, I am who I am. No, she wouldn't. Most women wouldn't. And if they do, then fine, fuck her, right? I mean, like she's gonna act like an asshole, fine. Then like be like, all right, well, I tried. But many men haven't even tried because they have it so much in their mind that it wouldn't work because it goes against everything that they've learned about, you know, just letting her run the show, you know? And she doesn't want to run the show. And this is why I've written things like Stop Caring So Much What Your Wife Thinks, which are some of, among some of my most popular posts because it counters this narrative. And so if many women would love if the guy said that. Many women would love if the guy said, 
and, and I mean, sit down if you don't want to fall over. But many women would love if the guy said, hey, maybe we shouldn't keep, uh, you know, Lay's potato chips in the house, you know, because you told me that you don't want to eat them. And look, you're eating them, you know? And guys are like, oh, fuck no. I can never talk about her weight. I can never say anything. I'm not talking about a situation where she's like totally cool sitting there eating Lay's and you're like, hey, guess what? I think that you would look hotter if you stopped eating those. No, obviously that's being an asshole. I'm talking about the very common situation where the woman is like literally like, I can't stop eating potato chips. I feel like a beached whale. I feel so bad about myself. Oh my God. And then like she'll go to the cabinet and get them and the guy sits there and looks at her like she never said it before. And in that situation, yes, women would want you to say something. Yes, for real. And again, if she's like, I can't believe that you would say that to me about what I eat. It's my body, my choice. Fuck her. Again, really like say to her, hey, you said you didn't want to eat them. I love you. You certainly don't seem happy after you ate a whole bag of them. I think you look great either way, but you seem miserable when you eat these things. So first of all, I thought I should mention something. Second of all, I think we shouldn't have them in the house. And you know what? A lot of women will say, thank you. I think we shouldn't. I feel so bad about myself after I eat a bag of these that we really shouldn't have them in the house. Can you help me? If I bring these things in, can you throw them out? There are people who say things like this in my office. It's not fake. So try it. Like literally try it. And the same thing with exercise or anything else. Guys are like, oh, she says she wants to go to the gym all the time. But if I say you should go to the gym right now, I could watch the kids while you go to the gym. She's going to be like, oh, you think I'm fat. And I'm never going to get laid again. Not like I am now anyway. So first of all, look at the second half of that. Because <laughs> the woman who is miserable about her weight, she's probably not sleeping with you anyhow. But second of all, like how much worse can it get, right? She's already unhappy. So try it. Say, you talked about getting to the gym every day. Can I take the, I'm going to take the kids, you know, can I take them to, you know, the bounce house? You go to spin class. Because I even looked up spin class and it's at the time that the bounce house opens. A lot of women will just like be like excited beyond belief that you even looked up those two things. <laughs> when does the bounce house open? When is spin class? Already you like got an A plus for the day because she didn't think that you gave a shit to look up either of those things or even that you had the capacity to look things up. But um, in the case where she really does want to go exercise, this will be taken as a very big positive. And many women come in as we work on their marriages and say, wow, he's really looking out for me. He's making sure that I get time to do X, Y, Z, whatever. And same thing. He's looking out for me with, um, I said, I don't want to keep having a glass of wine every night. And he's not bought any wine since then, or like whatever the case may be. And it's very much the same for men. In fact, men are usually more responsive to this than women are because, um, you know, given societal norms and everything, men are less uh, sensitive about the idea of weight. So if men gain weight, they'll frequently be much more well-adjusted about it than women. I mean, to be perfectly honest, they don't equate it with that they are like a horrible person in the way that women do if they gain 10 pounds. Men that gain 10 pounds aren't like, now I am a useless, horrible, pathetic person in the way that women do. I mean, you know, hopefully one day we'll get to where women don't feel like that either. But for now, like if your husband has said, you know, I really should exercise more, and you say, 
okay, sweetheart, well, guess what? Um, I figured out that like that class that you like to go to your CrossFit, you could do that every Monday and Wednesday because I'll drop the kids that most men will be very appreciative. I mean, I do not know any functional, like healthy man who's going to be like, why are you micromanaging my schedule? Like, no, they're going to be like, wow, thanks. And again, if he doesn't, if he acts like a dick about it, what I say about the woman? I said, fuck her. So it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Fuck him. If he acts like an asshole about it, then you say, well, you know what? I was just trying to help. And you know what? That was not a good response. I was just trying to help you. And at that point, usually the man will be like, yeah, I know. I just feel kind of stupid about it. Like here you are having to be my mommy. And then you would be like, no, I'm not having to be your mommy. I love you. You said you want to go to CrossFit. So go to CrossFit. And then that could be the end of that. So when I say fuck it, what I really mean is assert yourself. Start a problem about it. If you're trying to be nice, this goes beyond this podcast. could be its own podcast, but I could just do it really quick. If If you're trying to be nice to somebody and they act like an asshole, don't just like sulk and go away. Speak up. Be like, hey, I was trying to do something nice for you in this way, this way, this way. Apparently you didn't think so, but my intentions were all good. Why did you act like that? You know, and then frequently you'll get some actually good responses, such as I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed that you had to bring up the bag of lays or the CrossFit or whatever. So I lashed out at you and I'm sorry. And that could be a very useful, close making kind of conversation, quite honestly. So anyhow, I do firmly believe that people should support one another in whatever sorts of goals and initiatives they have because this is your teammate in life. And if you cannot um, be your best self, then it, it affects everybody in the family. So if you have a goal that you think is helping you be your best self, then tell your partner how to support you. And if your partner has such a goal, then try your best to support them, right? These could be any kind of goal. It could be anything from I want to go to therapy to I want to stop eating so much garbage to I want to uh, learn the violin. I don't care. Whatever it is, if your partner then really um, commits to helping you in that way, then that's great. And I don't think it's codependent. Now, when would it go over to codependent? If somehow it is like really massively badly affecting your life significantly. I'm not talking about you don't get to eat Oreos when you want to. I'm talking about like you start waking up at 4.45 so that you can make sure that your spouse goes for a run at five before his job starts at six. No, like that's nuts. <laughs> like that's massively impacting then your sleep, right? I mean, that's, that's crazy. Like you could start him off. You want to be nice one day, start him off the first day, shove him out of bed at 4.45. After that, turn around, go to sleep. But like if it is something where you are not being really significantly badly impacted by helping them, then help them. I mean, same as with a kid, right? So like if your child was like, wetting the bed and like, you know, somebody said, well, here's the way that you could stop your child from wetting the bed every night, set two alarms for yourself, one at 1230 AM and one at 3:30 AM and take your child to the bathroom. Hopefully you'd be like, fuck no, I'm not doing that because then I am going to be a disaster and destroyed the next day. However, if you, the doctor that you consulted on this said, 
What you can do is before your own bedtime, you can take your, you know, sleeping child and gently wake him and have him pee. And then he could get through the rest of the night. Then you could be like, okay, cool. Like, doesn't massively impact me. I got to remember, okay, but like the net negative on me is less than the net positive for my child. Fine. So that's the way to remember it. If the net negative on you is less than the net positive to your partner of doing whatever sort of facilitation behavior you think of doing, then do it. If it is a tremendous net negative to you, more even than the positive would be for them, then that's some codependent stuff that you have to uh, deeply examine. So like if, for example, your partner's stopping drinking and so therefore he says we can never go to a restaurant again because I'll be too tempted, fuck no, you're not doing that. That, that is not what anybody in his AA group would tell him to do anyway. So you can also reality test on friends, by the way. You can say, hey, you know, my partner, she's going on a diet. So she said all we're able to eat in this house is cel- celery and carrots. So that's normal, right? And they're going to be like, no, that's crazy. And so you can be like, oh, shit, that's crazy. You know, maybe I should talk to my therapist about being codependent and crazy. Crazy in the most loving, non-pejorative, casual of ways, not as some sort of insult. Um, Obviously, I say crazy a lot, but I never know if somebody's just hearing one podcast for the first time, they think it's psychologists calling people crazy. This is just my colloquial expression. This is certainly not going to be your DSM diagnosis. (laughs) There's no diagnoses going on in this uh, podcast, by the way. So anyway, the point being, if you can help your partner with whatever their goals are without a massive bad impact to yourself or the family that anybody would agree is excessive, then do it. Because you want to be a mensch, which is Jewish for a man, but it's, you know, the real definition is a good person. So you want to be a good person and then you are also like banking goodwill, you know, like this is a way that you can show in a stressful, busy life, you can hear. Here's like a nice, it was presented to you on a silver platter, a way to be a good spouse. There it is. Spouse is struggling with something, I will help. Good. That is a nice way to think about things. And perhaps if you happen to be a selfish asshole later on for some other in some other dimension, then they will always remember that you were nice about this and they will feel good about you anyhow. Much like with parenting, you try to do like enough nice shit so that anything that you do happen to fuck up is not all that they remember when they think about their childhood. We're playing the numbers here. All right, so hopefully this helped you think about this a little differently. And again, sign up because the next one will be the Men Who Don't Trust podcast, which should be very helpful to anybody who is or interacts with a man. And have a great day, guys.